Well, folks, it appears that Donald Trump had woke up in a bit of a bad mood on Christmas morning. Perhaps the three ghosts that visited him kept him up a little too late. But either way, Donald Trump got up Monday morning, Christmas Day, and uh, issued his Christmas message where he told people to rot in hell. Donald Trump took aim at everybody that he hates, including, for some weird reason, people who drive electric cars. You, he says, should rot in hell. Here is what Donald Trump told the world on Christmas morning. Merry Christmas to all, including crooked Joe Biden's only hope, deranged Jack Smith, the out-of-control lunatic who just hired outside attorneys fresh from the swamp, unprecedented, to help him with his poorly executed witch hunt against Trump and MAGA. Included also are world leaders, both good and bad, but none of which are as evil and sick as the thugs we have inside our country who, with their open borders, inflation, Afghanistan surrender, green news scam, high taxes, no energy independence, woke military, Russia, Ukraine, Israel, Iran, all electric car lunacy, and so much more are looking to destroy our once great USA. May they rot in hell. Again, Merry Christmas. You know, if anybody else, literally anybody else that is a public official or poor or person running for office in the United States, if they posted this message, you know, you, you would probably call to do a, a mental health check on them. You would say this person's not well, because these are not the words of a sane person. Let's be honest. Let's call it what it is. This is insane. hundred percent like crazy. This is crazy. These are the rantings of a crazy man. And yet here he is, uh, technically, according to the polls, the front runner to become the next president of the United States. And his Christmas message is rot in hell. This is the man who tells us he's the only mentally competent person running for president. You want to know what Biden said Christmas morning to the world? This is what he posted today. May the light from the first Christmas illuminate your homes, warm your hearts, and kindle your hopes for the year to come. From the Biden family, we wish you and your family a peaceful and healthy holiday. And that's what Biden put. If you notice, he did not say rotten hell. Uh, he did not wish anybody ill will at all. Um, but Trump, Trump did. And we're supposed to believe that Biden is the one that's not mentally competent. While Donald Trump is ranting and raving like the lunatic on the corner, wearing his underwear on his head, you know, with the sandwich board saying the end is near, like we're, we're in crazy town. We are in friggin' crazy town, folks. This is deranged. Donald Trump put his mental incompetency on full display for the entire world to see. And it honest to God is just still mind blowing that this man has a, has a 1% support in any poll ever, let alone being the front runner for both the Republican nomination and to possibly be the next president. This is crazy. This post is crazy. Yet here we are 2023 wrapping up 2023 heading into 2024. And this is the kind of crap we have to deal with. This is nuts.
Recently, a Republican representative from the state of North Dakota, he is a state lawmaker in North Dakota, but uh, he was arrested for suspicion of DUI and refusing to give a chemical test to confirm whether or not he was in fact driving impaired. But during the traffic stop that was caught on camera, he went on a racist and homophobic rant against the officers who pulled him over. Now, according to this lawmaker, again, Republican lawmaker, in North Dakota, by the name of Nico Rios, Mr. Rios had left a Christmas party, had a little too much to drink, which he freely admitted on social media the next day. But when the cops pulled him over, he was so irate that this is what he said. And I'm going to give you a bit of a language warning here. I'm going to try to censor where I can, but I can't censor all of it. But here is what Republican Congressman Nico Rios had to say to these cops. Your country is being overtaken by effing migrants and refugees, right? You're arresting me for driving home, but people come into your country and rape your women and I'm the effing bad guy. I'm going to fight for the people of England more than you ever would, you little bitch. You guys are going to regret picking on me because you don't know who the F I am. See, it doesn't matter who the F you are. If you were driving impaired, the officers were doing their job. Uh, he also, uh, definitely not going to read that, but also threw some homophobic slurs at one of the officers as well. While also saying, you know, migrants are cut, they're raping your women, your women, you know, as if the men of this country own all the women. I know Republicans want to think that they do, but you don't, those are not your women. They are in fact women that that's how you say that you, you don't add a possession, you know, when you're talking to a man about a woman, like, Hey, that's your, what? No, 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 no. We, we, we don't do that, buddy. Here's what he posted on social media the day after he was arrested. This past weekend, I had a few too many drinks at a Christmas party, made the mistake of driving home and received a DUI. I'm deeply embarrassed as this is not how I want to represent the people. Is that it? Does that, you're just embarrassed about the DUI. You're not embarrassed about the racism, the xenophobia, the homophobia. Like you're not embarrassed by any of that. Just embarrassed by the fact that you shouldn't have been behind the wheel. You could have killed somebody. You could have injured yourself. Thank God you didn't, but that's the only thing you're embarrassed about. Nothing about your deep seated hatred for clearly so many different groups of people in this country, because that's what we're dealing with here. You know, I don't know if you've heard this expression or not, but you know, a, a, a drunk man's words are a sober man's thoughts. And I think, you know, that's, that's pretty apt in this specific situation. If you get drunk or, or intoxicated in any way, and, and your first reaction is to start being homophobic, xenophobic, racist, all those things, then that's who you are. Okay. The, the lack of inhibition because you've had a few too many is what brings it out. And what it's what allows you to think that it's okay to say these things because that is who you are. You just usually have that filter, right? You usually have that thing in your brain that tells you, Hey, you can't say this out loud, but after you've been drinking, that little voice goes away. And I think that is exactly what happened with Mr. Rios here. He showed us and of course, the people of North Dakota who voted him in office showed us who he is. And I hope the voters remember that the next time he's up for re-election. 
Things are going from bad to worse for Lauren Boebert in her home state of Colorado as her opponent, Jeff Hurd. Now, before I continue, keep in mind, Jeff Hurd is not her election opponent. Jeff Hurd is the Republican running against her in the primary in her district. But Mr. Hurd has once again picked up some high profile endorsements from state lawmakers that are very popular in Colorado. And Lauren Boebert is left with absolutely nothing. The latest person to endorse him is uh, state Senator Janice Rich of Grand Junction, uh, who said she usually doesn't endorse one Republican over the other, but decided to make an exception in this case because she really does not want Lauren Boebert to win that Republican primary. Mr. Hurd, of course, has also uh, been picking up lots of money. He has not quite outraised Lauren Boebert, but he is catching up to her. Her money is going down. His money is going up. So eventually he is going to overtake her in the money race in Colorado. And if this happens, Lauren Boebert's going to be looking at a Madison Cawthorn situation where she's going to have to, after her primary next year, likely just sit there for the rest of the year, knowing that she doesn't have a job come January. She she'll have nothing. And the funniest part to me, the reason I'm even talking about this is just to show everybody in case you didn't know, I'm sure you do, but let me just explain this, how simple little actions can have such a massive impact because if Lauren Boebert had not gone to Beetlejuice the musical in September, I know it, it feels like it was only yesterday if you were talking three months ago, if she hadn't done that, none of this would be happening because it was her behavior at Beetlejuice, the musical groping her date, vaping indoors, <laughs> right near a pregnant woman. Um, had it not been for that, these voters would have been cool with it. You know, they were already on the fence. Let's be real. They were already on the fence about Lauren Boebert. They knew that she'd only won by, you know, less than 600 votes the previous year. They were already growing tired of her and her antics in Congress, but they were like, you know what? We'll forgive it. Okay. We can get by with this. We can continue. We can make do with what we got here. But once the Beetlejuice incident happened, game over. Her opponent, Jeff Hurd, at that point, began raking in tons of money. <laughs> the endorsement started rolling in for him. Lauren Boebert has not been back in the spotlight really since then. She's done a couple stupid things in Congress, but she's been trying to keep a low profile. And that's been very obvious. We have gone several months now without a new embarrassing Lauren Boebert story. But the thing with the voters in Colorado, because they see this too, they're paying closer attention than the rest of us are because that's their representative. It tells us that she can turn it on and off. That's the funniest part because she's now, ever since the Beetlejuice thing, she hasn't had a major scandal since then, even though she's had lots and lots, you know, prior to that, even when her voters said, Hey, tone it down, she wouldn't do it. But now she has, which only proves to the voters. Okay. She could have done that the whole time. She just didn't do it. She was making the choice to be this lunatic and we're done. Now it's not just the Beetlejuice thing that makes voters say, I'm sick of her. I don't want to deal with her. Their real concern, of course, same thing with the people that have endorsed Jeff Hurd over Bobert. It's not that 
they don't like Bobert's behavior. They just think that Bobert's behavior coupled with her narrow victory last year means that that seat could go to a Democrat next year. And that's what scares them. If they thought Bobert could still win, they wouldn't have any qualms about supporting her through her Beetlejuice, you know, meltdown. But because they think it'll cost her election, the election, that is why they're going to Jeff Hurd. Not because they completely disapprove of Bobert, but because they think she can't win. So keep that in mind. Those people may not like her behavior, but if she were still polling ahead of Adam Frisch, which she is not, they would completely excuse it because that's the kind of people Lauren Bobert voters are. Now, last week I talked about the story that came out towards the end of the week, right? We had the audio that was revealed that showed a phone call where Donald Trump himself and Ronna McDaniel, the chair of the Republican National Committee, the leader of the Republican Party, on a phone with two uh, Michigan canvassers who had, you know, uh, were, were going to vote to certify the votes from their county to send it to the state to get the Electoral College votes and so on and so forth, where Ronna McDaniel and Donald Trump on the phone with these two people said, do not sign it. They literally said, do not sign it. Those are their words. And then Ronna McDaniel tells them, we will get you attorneys. And then Trump chimes in, of course, oh yeah, we'll get you great attorneys. Do not sign it. Now, Michigan has already charged, I think it's six people in the fake elector scheme. And there's still an active investigation into the attempts to overturn the state's election results from 2020. Kenneth Chesbro, one of Donald Trump's lawyers, is of course cooperating in Michigan from what uh, has been reported. But the reason I'm even bringing this up again, because again, I did talk about it the other day, but I kind of glossed over the fact because I've been sitting here these last few days over Christmas holiday, thinking about the fact that the chair of the Republican party, the leader of the Republican party, the woman who controls the entire Republican party is now implicated in Donald Trump's plot to steal the 2020 election. She was on board with it. Do you know how big that is? This implicates basically the entire Republican party. This is not a few bad actors. This was not just a couple, you know, weirdos and freaks that Trump put together like Giuliani and Sidney Powell and Chesbro to go do this. He had the consent of the Republican party and so many more things make sense now. Now that we know that Ronna McDaniel was involved and by the way, could be facing criminal charges. Listen to this. You had Michigan secretary of state, Jocelyn Benson told MSNBC this past Friday. Uh, she said that her office will cooperate with the state attorney general in an investigation into possible charges to be filed against McDaniel. Uh, and they said charges are possible under Michigan law. If you offer someone something of value in order to compel them to not fulfill their legal duty, that constitutes bribery. Will that be captured in criminal proceedings? We will have to wait and see. She said, so those are her words. They are considering criminal charges against the leader of the Republican party in an election year. That's pretty damn big. You would think that would automatically kind of kill the Republican party. But again, look at what Ronna McDaniel has done during this Republican primary, made everybody sign that loyalty pledge, basically saying that, Hey, even if they've got a criminal conviction, you have to support them. 
oh no, now we're just going to cancel all the debates because Donald Trump doesn't want us to do them. Oh no, we're not going to put in a clause that says if our nominee has a felony conviction, then we can, you know, pick somebody like she wouldn't do any of that. She's protected Trump every step of the way. Now we know why, because Trump could have thrown her under the bus. She was joined at the hip with him. She was not an outside observer. She was not just a casual person watching all of this unfold the same way we were with news report after news report. She was involved. She is now directly implicated in this conspiracy to steal the Michigan election. I don't know about you, but I think that's probably one of the biggest stories in the country right now, that the leader of the Republican Party was working with Trump to steal the 2020 election. Hopefully Michigan does the right thing. She needs to be criminally charged. If they have evidence, which we've heard the evidence, we've heard the phone call. I don't know. I think indictments should be on the way in the new year. Thanks for listening to today's Fair and Balanced Daily. Stay up to date with all of our content by finding us on YouTube at youtube.com slash fairandbalanced and follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at fairandbalanced. Balanced.